0: In this episode of the World Nomads podcast, we explore Georgia, the country, not the
1: state. Welcome to the World Nomads podcast, delivered by World Nomads, the travel lifestyle and insurance brand. It's not your usual travel podcast. It's everything for the adventurous, independent traveler.
2: Hi, Kim and Phil, with you for 2020, and kickstarting the year, we're exploring, as Phil said, Georgia, the country, not the U.S. state. There must be some confusion at times.
0: Yeah, I do sing the song every time I talk about Georgia, the country.
2: What's the song?
0: Well, it's on my mind.
2: Oh, yeah, of course, okay. I didn't get,
0: I didn't pick up on it. So why? <laughs> There is no way I'm going to sing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Damn! Why would a nomad? want to travel to Georgia, the country?
0: Uh, well, look, it, it's got a really rich but difficult history. In fact, it's been invaded from all directions a number of times. But similar to Poland, uh, a destination we explored last year, Georgia's emerging from that dark past as a go-to destination. So politics aside, a nomad would want to go there for the food and... And the wine. It's apparently the birthplace of wine, which you'll hear about in this episode. There are plenty of mountains to hike, forests, and caves to explore, all set among a stunning countryside
2: touch on pretty much all of that in this episode with our guests, the first of which is Ralph Velesco. We first chatted to him in our episode on Morocco. He runs Photo Enrichment Adventures. He's got a new brand, A La Campagna uh, Experiences. A La Campagna Experiences. I was
0: just going to say, what's it called again, Kim? <laughs> well, okay. nothing's changed okay. for 2020. No. <laughs>
2: um, at the time of recording, he was in Tbilisi, and don't laugh at my pronunciation, <laughs> and had also just run a Georgia-Armenia trip. So... This destination is really on the radar, Ralph.
3: I don't think it's on everyone's radar, but I think it's uh, it's becoming uh, somewhat popular, and uh, there's uh, a really nice tourist infrastructure that's developed, and uh, really nice hotels and restaurants, and uh, flights, and it's uh, it, the the roads are getting better, so I think that's always. Something that uh, certainly helps with uh, you know more of the mass tourism for sure.
0: Give me a bit of a flavor of the place. Is it sort of Eastern European or is it more you know um, Asian or what is the flavor of it?
3: Well, that's interesting. It's a great question because it, it's right on sort of that crux of Europe or Asia, and uh, I feel it's 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 got a very European feel to it, uh, especially the. The capital city of Tbilisi, which is just wonderful. Uh, it's very old; uh, I believe it's from the five hundreds. But it also has extremely modern architecture, bridges, buildings. But also the Airbnb that I'm staying in right now overlooks the just gorgeous Kakali Fortress, and it's uh, and everything's beautifully lit up at night. Uh, you know, I go to Cuba quite a bit, and. There's beautiful buildings there, but uh, they just don't have the, the funds to, to light them up all the time. And so it's just beautiful how they light up the buildings here. And for photography, which I'm a photographer, it can really make for some beautiful shots. But uh, it's definitely got a more European feel to me. But then there is that sort of you know, old world Central Asian part as well.
0: So when you say it, it's set up for tourism and for travelers, you know, from the West, we are kind of only just discovering it now, but it must be a popular destination for some other parts. Is it like a Russian holiday destination?
3: Absolutely. The, the Russians uh, obviously have been coming here for a long, long time and they are the, the main tourists, but it's, it's very easy to get to uh, because uh, there's no visa required by most nationalities. So as a U.S. citizen, uh, there's no visa required whatsoever. And uh, from my last research that I did, a U.S. citizen can stay here for up to 365 days before needing to leave or to, to get any kind of visa.
2: Phil's trying to get a sense of the flavor, but what is it known for as a destination? Is it somewhere that you would go if you wanted to go hiking? Is it somewhere that you would go if you wanted a taste of history?
3: Yes and yes. Uh, the, the, the mountains here are absolutely stunning. Um, the, now, I've been coming here for about a year and a half now, and the first time I came last year to do scouting for a, a trip that I have put together to both Armenia and Georgia, uh, I did not get up to the north to an area called Kazbegi, which is right on the Russian border. Uh, but I did get a chance to get up there on this trip, and it is stunningly beautiful. Lots of hiking tr- uh, trails, and a lot of people go there for outdoor activities. There's uh, like parapenting, ski resorts. Uh, it's absolutely stunningly beautiful, sort of like, I, you know, compared somewhat to the, the you know parts of the Swiss Alps, uh, you know, snow-capped, really rugged mountains, and then you've You know, uh, in in Stepansminda, which is in the Kazbegi region, sort of the the main town there, the one hotel that we stayed at is uh, called Rooms Hotel. And the views out onto that mountain range are just spectacular. And then you've got these snow-capped mountains, and then there's this tiny little monastery just sitting right on one of the peaks.
0: All right, let's get into a couple other nitty-gritties as well. Food
3: and drink. Oh yes, and yes again. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, one of the things that uh, I mean, I I've owned restaurants. I, I'm a third generation restaurateur. I, I don't do that anymore, but uh, I, I don't consider myself a foodie, but uh, I love food. <laughs> I do eat three times a day, and uh, the the food here is just fresh. It's uh, tasty. I mean, I don't know about uh, in Australia where you are, but for me in the US, uh you know, we've got a lot of agriculture, but it seems like the majority of our food comes from halfway around the world. Uh, it's picked before it's even mature. And by the time it gets to the US, you know, then it's, you know, beautiful red ripe tomato, red ripe tomatoes, but they're, they taste like plastic. And so uh, here the food is just fresh and uh, organic and plenty of it. Oh, I can't say enough about the food, that's for sure. And then as far as the drink goes, Georgia's considered to be the birthplace of wine and has been producing wine for more than 8,000 years. And uh, UNESCO's even listed the clay jar called the Covevity that the traditional Georgian wine is made in. It's, It's held underground to keep the temperature consistent. Uh, but uh, UNESCO's listed it on its Intangible Cultural Heritage of Humanity list.
0: You say you're in an Airbnb and you've been there for a couple of months. I'm interested in the experience of living in Tbilisi and interacting with the uh, with the Georgians. How how are you finding that?
3: Yeah, they're uh, very friendly people. The Airbnb that I have right now is in a, a, a neighborhood, a just a locals neighborhood, no other tourists whatsoever. But like I said, it does have a gorgeous view of the uh, the Kadikala uh, Fortress. I'm not sure I'm saying that correctly, actually. Um uh, uh, <laughs> 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 Yeah, all right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but it just uh, it, it's in a neighborhood, so I feel like you know I'm going to the local grocery store. There's not one other tourist in sight, and so. Uh, I and I love to do that when I travel, but there are really nice and upcoming neighborhoods that are, are just gorgeous architecture, but, but but the cost of living is extremely inexpensive as well. So if someone's looking for a very affordable destination, Georgia and Tbilisi are absolutely that.
2: Thanks for that, Ralph. Now, that was really, feel a great snapshot of an up-and-coming destination. Affordable, yes. with stunning vistas, great hiking, yes. beautiful architecture, and great food and wine. So yep. let's start picking this destination apart. Tim Neville, as we know is journalist uh, is a journalist and the world nomads writing scholarship mentor if we mentioned everything tim neville was it would be the <laughs> podcast so we'll have all the links in show notes but he's recently been to georgia and tim is ralph's snapshot on the money there
4: i would say he is absolutely right the country is just such a such a treat to to travel through and to, to visit and just hang out in not you know, it's funny. I, it, um, I've only been there once, but I was there with some people who had been there before and every time they leave thinking, why am I leaving? And so they, they tend to come back. One of the one of the uh, people on our trip um, has been there seventeen times. Yes, yeah. so it's it's definitely that kind of place.
0: Well, you know, as we're sort of you know doing our research for this episode, I'm you know having a look at a few videos on YouTube and what have you. It's absolutely
4: stunning. It's like walking out of a fable. I've probably I don't know if I've ever used that for for another place, but it's just the the contrast between these just enormous mountains and then these ancient uh stone towers and then their traditions and it's just everything about it's just so exotic on so many levels and incredibly friendly um i really just can't say enough
2: well Ralph uh, said thing. that it's incredibly yeah. friendly and phil was kind of talking about okay we're only hearing about it now as an up-and-coming destination but there's this tourist infrastructure that exists who's traveling there he said the russians since that chat <laughs> there has now been some issues with yeah. the, with
4: the Russians, uh, yeah, there's definitely an uneasy relationship there, and it, it's it's really too bad. Um, but you know, the Georgians have been dealing with invaders for a long, long time, and that doesn't make it any easier, of course. But um, you know, if they're they're definitely people that know how to persevere. Uh, and it's it's still just an absolutely amazing place to go visit.
2: Now, you were there last year with the film crew, Green Living Projects, uh, GLP Films. What were you doing? We saw you in a film trailer with a World Nomads buff on, actually. Yeah, you hit, when you went
0: paragliding. <laughs>
4: That is wow, good eye. Yeah, that is that is absolutely true. Yeah. So GLP, I've known those guys for a while, and uh, they came up, uh, they approached me and said, "Hey, we've got a project in Georgia and are looking for a writer to to come along. Would you be interested?" And I was on a hike, and I stopped hiking immediately. I was like, "I'm, I, I'm sorry, what? Uh, yeah, I mean, yes. I mean, yeah, of course, of course, yes. You know, it's one of those places that's been on my." on my dream destination list for a long time. And so those guys, they're really interesting. You know, they go into uh, a country or in, or into a region and they sort of already have a story um, idea. You know, they, they know who to talk to or they've lined up some interviews. And so I basically just tagged along with them um, and then kind of, you know, got to hang out a little bit um, on my own. But yeah, so just, I mean, we did everything from... Eat. Oh my gosh, you can't go to Georgia and not eat. Just you eat all the time and then you leave and you're wishing that you were back in Georgia still eating. So we did a lot of that. Um, Yeah, I I went paragliding, as you saw, which was just unbelievable. I've never um, done something quite like that. Like I've gone paragliding before, but just... I don't know. It's just, it's just, there's just something super, super cool about flying into, you know, an ancient village with these eighth century stone towers popping up underneath your feet as you're, as you're drifting in and, and, uh these massive snow-capped mountains back behind, back behind you. So we did, um, so we did a lot of outdoor stuff. And then one of the things um, that I'm actually writing about for you guys was is the singing. Now I didn't sing, and I would definitely will not sing for you now. <laughs> but it is, it is just um, the Georgian singing tradition is not to be missed. In fact, I just found there's there's actually a Spotify playlist. Oh, really? Georgian okay. Singing, yeah, it's called the Sound of Georgian uh polyphony okay well, hey. and what is yeah. that then you know a lot of eastern um countries have this singing tradition obviously but you know you go to poland let's say and they'll break out into song and it will be oh was a lovely girl and how much i love this lovely girl and she was on the far side of the river you know you know kind of like happy uh uh you know party f- songs Georgian songs have a much different tone to them. A lot of them... I mean, some of these songs are, are literally a thousand years old now. Um, and typically they have three at least typically they're the men who sing them uh, a cappella style and they'll have three different vocal ranges going on and so the the cumulative effect of all of this is even if you don't speak a lick of Georgian, which i don't uh you can be sitting let's say in a bar just like your regular bar and all of a sudden a table next to you will just break out in this very moving like bone chilling song with all these different vocal ranges going on and the bar will just shut up and everybody will listen, you know, and then it's done. Everybody claps. And then they go back to about their business until the next table breaks out and starts singing. So it's a, um, it is, it is really, like, you I'm getting chills here just thinking about it right now because it's just so moving. Something that's really interesting that I found out about about the, their singing is, one, it is, uh, it is actually, their singing is actually listed as a UNESCO Intangible Cultural Heritage of Humanity. So it's that special. It's wow. something that, that deserves its own recognition. This, my friends, is the coolest, coolest thing I've heard. And that is, right now, as we speak untold millions of miles from Earth, there is a satellite with a gold record plastered on the front of it that has, among other songs and other quote-unquote sounds of Earth, a Georgian song on it. It's track number 16. So if we get some aliens... Yeah, but find this thing; they're going to be exposed to this kind of music. I said the Voyager or whatever it It's Voyager that. two. That's yeah, it. launched in nineteen seventy seven, and it's got a gold record. <laughs> uh, Sounds of Earth.
2: Now you you, you said <laughs> the singing is um, listed as one of UNESCO's intangible Finnish heritage. Centred, heritage yeah. yeah, Ralph was saying that the wine is also
4: listed. That wine is definitely intangible once it's around me. That's for sure. <laughs> I, I will I will admit that. <laughs> but yeah, but. Um, yeah, it's cool. And, and and what's really neat about it is the way they make it as well. Like, you can go, I'm sure he talked about this, but with the holes in the grounds. Yes. And they'll, yeah, so it's neat. We, we went to um, a vineyard in the Kaheti region of uh, eastern Georgia and uh, met up with some winemakers there who are bringing back varieties that nearly went uh, extinct under the Soviets because. You know stalin who was georgian actually stalin liked one kind of wine and so you know that's what the state agricultural system produced um i may be generalizing and over oversimplifying that but it's cool because you go there and you can see uh you know these winemakers are very proud of their traditions obviously and and are bringing these delicious varietals back
2: this country who would it appeal
4: to do you think I think it'd be easier to go through who wouldn't it appeal to, you know, and that would be anybody who does not like music, who does not like good food, who hates stunning scenery and um, just cannot be bothered to get on a plane to get there. No, I mean, no, seriously, the place is just like Tbilisi, the capital, you know, I knew nothing about it really just other than it had a funny spelling and I show up there the first night And, you know, you're jet lagged, you're tired. And uh, we arrived kind of late and I was just immediately jazzed. I was like, oh my God, this place just has an energy to it. It's just, it's just a stunning city. Just the the way the layout is, um, uh, all sorts of fun little uh, places to go eat, to hang out and incredibly safe. And I mean, of course, common sense will will see you through. But I mean, we would stay out till two, three in the morning and then um, walk back to our hotel. Like no, no problem at all just just you know it's just unbelievably great
2: fabulous well thank you for your insight <laughs> and uh, phil for 2020 not a bad way to start oh, with no. a destination oh, that Jimmy. we desperately want to go i'm to.
4: so desperate to get there now. yeah it is absolutely wonderful yeah good skiing in the winter time as well so you guys won't go wrong
2: sounds like it now tim mentioned glp films who he was with in georgia they are an award-winning content marketing agency but they're dedicated to travel and sustainability stories Storytelling. They've produced over two hundred films from thirty countries,
0: including Georgia. Yeah, in fact, they've got one called One Blood Georgia, which was awarded Best Adventure Travel Film of twenty nineteen in the uh, ATTA Film Contest. And Rob Holmes is here to tell us all about it.
5: The story around One Blood Georgia came from just our research and due diligence in the pre-production phase when we filmed there, and really identifying some unique characters, unique people that really represented Georgia, this new Georgia. And I think in summary, what I really love about this story is it's about, it's a multi-generational story. It's about a grandmother who was skydiving back in the fifties. So again, a grandmother skydiving in the 1950s in a country under Soviet rule. Uh, you know, she was part of this renegade, uh, a group of women who, we're doing something not normal in a, in a country, in a destination like Georgia and, and being that skydiving. And then, you know, just seeing that profound impact she had on her grandson and he is a great Alex is just a great example, a great character that uh, really represents in my opinion, in our opinion, the future of a destination like Georgia. He's young, he's energetic, he's outgoing, he's an entrepreneur. Uh, he's out, outdoorsy he's a media person you know he's really representing i think what we see as the exciting aspects of tourism he works for the ajara group which is one of the largest hospitality groups in georgia and his full-time job is being an urban guide so he takes tourists on uh, walking tours of the city uh, the capital city of tbilisi and so he really has that firsthand uh, knowledge and understanding of what Georgia is all about. It's a melting pot of just rich culture, authentic culture and heritage. And so pairing him with his grandmother, who came specifically from the Soviet era to this young, you know, new generation uh, in Georgia was such a great pairing. And, uh, you know, Alex's ancestry is Ukrainian and Russian, and, but he was born in Georgia. And so he's, he's Georgian. And uh, so I, it was a great, I think, uh, this, this, the, the connection they had for each other, the respect for each other. You see that in the story. And, and that's what we were trying to connect. We wanted to connect emotionally uh, to, to some of the history and the heritage and the respect and admiration that two different generations had for each other. And the grandmother really pushing him to get out there, explore. And, and he's doing it uh, at a very young age. Uh, and And doing something really exciting, like paragliding, so um it, it was really our honor to to tell their story and and to give people a a little bit of insight into a really a fascinating country and destination uh like georgia
0: wow- sen- sensational way of describing it, but can I just say there was one word in there that I think is you know like the magic source for travel, and that was the word authentic. If you can find a destination that has authenticity, you're gonna have a really amazing uh, experience, aren't you?
5: Yeah, and I think that sort of is why we see the you know the team at GLP, why we just have a lot of passion and interest in working with emerging destinations. Um, you know, Georgia is an emerging destination. It's, it's exactly what uh, you, you, said it's, it's authentic, it's raw. It hasn't, uh, been heavily traveled. It's a new experience. Uh, you know, I was just in Georgia a couple weeks ago. Um, and, uh, it's great to go back and see the changes that are happening. But again, it's still a, a, an authentic destination that really provides a unique experience for the traveler, for any kind of traveler, um, you know, soft traveler to an adventure traveler. Um, you know, it it has those experiences of it's not tremendously easy to get around. You have to talk to the locals and English isn't spoken by everyone. Um, And getting around, you have to, you know, be creative and be patient. But I think that's what a lot of travelers want these days is they want that unique, authentic experience that's not covered in in T-shirt shops and and, uh, over flooded with, you know, too many tourists you know, Georgia's destination. That's that's really just coming into its own, and and it's still unspoiled, uh, and and just provides that rich experience. And and that for me as a traveler, I mean, that's how I got into this industry. Is I, you know, when I graduated university, you know, I traveled around the world for for a year, and and continued to do so after that. And that that's the travel that everyone wants. And so it was great to tell a story in a destination like Georgia that is new, is up and coming. And, uh, it just has that, uh, unique and authentic experience.
0: Hey, do you ever worry that you are creating the, you know, the next surge of t-shirt shops in some place though?
5: Well, yeah, I mean, I, but I think there's a lot of ways to combat that. And I think that's where, you know, for us as a, as a, a boutique agency, a specialized agency, it's all about the marketing and the better job that we do in the marketing, the targeted marketing, you know, we can reach those uh, targeted travelers that a destination like Georgia wants. Yes, it wants to grow its tourism, but it wants to grow it right. You know, it doesn't want to be the next Venice, the next Barcelona, which are iconic destinations, but they are struggling with over-tourism. So it really comes down to, so yeah, you can have an award-winning film, but also keep in mind, you know, we're not branding locations. We're not calling out specific names. We're talking about the destination. So trying to find, you know, the, the palaces and the cathedrals and the specific mountains and communities that we filmed, it's, it's very difficult to. We're talking about the destination. So, uh, and, and then I think, like I just said, the key here to not create another destination with t-shirt shops is to, to do a good job in targeting that right audience. This isn't mass marketing. This is modern-day targeted marketing, so the the right traveller is going to be seeing the promotional content for Georgia.
2: That's Rob Holmes, the founder of GLP Films there. Links in show notes. Phil, dish us up some travel news,
0: would you? Yeah, all right. Look, you know, new year, new start. Um, And it's been shared around the office a lot. I love Bored Panda. Well, they recently shared 50 of the best good news stories from 2019. And I thought we'd have a look back on some of those. Um, Like the Malawi uh, female chief who came to power immediately annulled 1500 child marriages, um, making them illegal and then sent All the young girls back to school.
2: Good on her. Yep. Girl power.
0: Uh, Here's another one. Seven eggs from the world's last two remaining northern white rhinos have been successfully fertilised, which means they might be able to save the species. Great news. Uh, Here's another one. Sweden has rolled out a great initiative. Blood donors get a text message whenever their blood saves life. Here's another one. Canada passed a bill in 29 that made it illegal to keep whales, dolphins and porpoises in captivity for entertainment. I, rem- I think we spoke about them. We cheered that one, we that we one did. when it happened. And I love this one. South Korea is organising daytime disco parties for people over 65 to tackle loneliness and dementia. Gee, that's sweet, isn't it? Isn't it?
2: Anything else?
0: Uh, no, I think that'll do okay. for the start of the year. Mate is an
2: aspiring travel writer. He's a student and He's a full-time foodie. He won the World Nomads Travel Writing Scholarship in 2018. I remember that. Yep. His girlfriend is Georgian, and he wrote about her going to her homeland of Abasia. Okay? <laughs> he says it a lot nicer than I do. It's a de facto sovereign state that is internationally recognised as an autonomous republic of Georgia and under Russian control. So he fills us in on what happened in 2008 and then earlier, which saw people displaced and not allowed to return to their home like his girlfriend.
1: Well, that was actually um, one of the few things I knew about Georgia when I initially moved there was uh, that they had the war with Russia in 2008, that Stalin was from Georgia, and that uh, they had a footballer who's now the mayor of Tbilisi that played for AC Milan, Kaladze. So it was one of the only three things that I knew about the country. And um, well, what what do I know about it? It was a pretty... uh, uh, brutal loss for, um, for Georgia in the short few days that it lasted it uh, resulted in the occupation of roughly 20% of internationally recognized uh, Georgian territory. And it's, it's, in terms of its rep- repercussions on the international level, it was quite a, a taste of what was to come from Russian foreign policy that we see today
2: so the story that was a winning entry in the 2018 world nomads travel writing scholarship kind of drew on that um are you still with the girlfriend that you wrote about in that story
1: yes yes still with her and very happily in love and oh yeah.
2: that's lovely so her family were caught up in this weren't they can you walk us through that
1: yes so they were caught up um not in the 2008 one, but the one that happened in the early 90s. So after the Soviet Union fell, there was a series of uh, violent conflicts taking place across the former territory, and the one in Abkhazia was one of the bloodiest. Um, If I have my figures correct, people estimate that um, tens of thousands of people were killed, and of course we know that as many as uh, 250, even 300,000 uh, people were displaced. Many of them were ethnic Georgians. And um, so the deal, so the deal with that particular conflict was to to try and sum up quite a bit of history in a few sentences. Was that um, it was it was based from ethnic tensions between the resident Georgian and Abkhaz populations in Abkhazia so georgians uh, georgians had uh, many of them were moved or settled into abkhazia during the stalinist era when uh, stalin you know undertook with his right hand man uh, beria who was also georgian uh, the resettlement of populations which included a bunch of ethnic georgians to abkhazia and this uh, started Oh no, not started, but this contributed to rising ethnic tensions as, um, as local populations began to perceive a Georgian conspiracy against Abkhazia. So it was really simmering from around the thirties. And then in the nineties, once, uh, there was an, uh, you know, a bubble of authority and it was a vacuum, sorry, not a bubble, uh, the tensions, the tensions just, uh, you know, scaled up and eventually it, it came out into violent conflict. And, um, yeah, so my girlfriend's family, they had to, uh, they had to flee the, the province once her father was uh, killed in the fighting. And they left not long before the fall of Sukhumi, so the capital, which is known as uh, Sukhum today in Abkhazia because they take off the eyes because the eyes are, uh, are Georgian, associated with, the, with Georgian names. So Sukhumi is Sukhum in, in Abkhazia today. And so they had to flee. I believe that was in September 1993.
2: Well, your winning story started with my entry permit was ready, and it was time to visit the home mm-hmm. of the woman I loved. But she, for some reason, can't go back there.
1: Yeah, so it's difficult for Georgians to enter the the territory um, for for a lot of uh, political reasons. There still are many ethnic Georgians living in certain parts, such as Gali, it's a little town near the, the so-called border or the administrative uh, borderline, as I believe it's known. Officially, um, so they can they can enter, but it's difficult. You need special permission. But in her case, it's um, it's quite difficult, if not uh, impossible, for her to enter because her father was involved in the Georgian military as well as her father's family. So it's a last name that uh, would be easily recognized if she were to enter, and it's just dangerous in terms of a potential retribution. But for for her to to try crossing it's, it's very interesting because um for tourists for for european union citizens and uh, for americans australians anyone western foreign you know it's pr- quite simple to enter you will go on the um the Abkhaz foreign ministries website to request an entry permit. You give your passport details, you tell them uh, which point of entry you want to come from. And it's actually, if anyone does plan on going there, you definitely should enter from Georgia proper because that's the only legal entry point as recognized by the Georgian state, so if you enter from Russia, from the from the side of Sochi, so southwest Russia, that's considered a violation of Georgian's ter- Georgian territorial sovereignty by the Georgian state. So you'll have a very hard time entering Georgia proper afterwards. So you know you that's that's for anyone wanting to go, make sure to enter from the Inguri side, and then you request it. You wait a few days. You give your travel details. You tell them what you're going to do. You give your employment info, where you're staying, why you're coming. And then you wait, and uh, they normally approve it. Like I have not had a problem uh, being approved or rejected. Um, and then you just go. You arrive on the on the Georgian side of the administrative borderline. You wait until Tbilisi, so the capital of Georgia, processes your paperwork. So the people at the at the crossing, the police will you know scan your passport, take it. Uh, they'll wait for the green light, and then you walk across a bridge which crosses the Inguri River. And then you see this uh, big big gate and big sign which says, uh, welcome to the Republic of Abkhazia. It's quite a sight. And there you get processed by a combination of, um, of Russian and Abkhaz uh, military and border personnel. And then normally they're they're very friendly to foreigners, but the, the contrast and the special treatment you get as a foreigner is, uh, is pretty stark in comparison to the local and especially ethnic Georgian population that have to cross. Uh, we, we got very, very preferential treatment from the Russian soldiers and they were joking with us. They let us skip the queue. We just crossed. And yeah, it was a pretty, pretty simple process. Then we just cross bargain with a taxi driver and you go onto the capital, uh, Sukhumi or Sukhum, as they call it. But Georgia itself, like the rest of the country proper, it's a fantastic destination. I, I go back, uh, well, I spent my summer again there this this uh, past summer i was doing combined it with an internship because i'm studying doing a master's in journalism and international affairs now and georgia has a destination i would truly recommend it it's got a fantastic vibrant culture a wonderful culinary scene and it's just an all around uh, beautiful country with you've got the sea you've got mountains you've got you know beautiful nature it's it's really a mix so I would definitely recommend it. And it's really easy with uh, with visas. I'm sure it extends to a large extent to Australians, Americans as well. But in terms of the visa situation, you arrive and you get 365 days visa-free. And even if you leave on day 364 and you come back an hour later, the 365 days restarts. One more thing, actually, it's an interesting fact about Georgia that I think I, I would I would be remiss not to add just because I do have this tattooed on my finger. And it goes back to the whole food culture and in, in the, the rich culinary scene there, but the food scene is is absolutely incredible there, with their whole uh, mix of of uh, flavors, virtue of um, Georgia being well conquered by a bunch of different empires that you know over the centuries have brought all their different flavors to create this really rich mix of cuisine. But I think I think just a, a funny fact is uh, how rich the languages in terms of. Uh, in terms of their specific vocabulary. So this is the only tattoo I have on myself, and it's on my, it's on my index finger, actually. And uh, it's because I finally found a word as a foodie that spoke to my soul and well continues to speak to my soul. So they have one word in Georgian, which is a uh, Shemomidjama. And uh, I can send that just so it's easy to, Please. <laughs> to spell. And uh, the word means that I wasn't hungry, but I accidentally ate the whole thing anyways, and it was delicious.
2: That is
1: sensational, yeah, yeah, and they have a whole um they have a whole list of words that work with this uh this roots, or I don't know what to call it linguistically, but it's like a whole of oh like I didn't mean to accidentally spend that money, but I spent it all anyways, but it's this one with the food in particular, and it's you know it's just one word. It's just one word that when I heard about that, I was like, wow, this, this place speaks to my soul.
2: A great idea for a tattoo. Now, Memories of Eden will be available to read in show notes. What is our next episode, Phil?
0: Lungi, an amazing nomad from South Africa who overcame her fear of water to become, yeah, a sailor <laughs> and the first African woman in an Arctic expedition. Ooh, Bye. Bye.